No my hearty Mikey Tano Hortaka, welcome to the panel on RNZ National. A fire has broken out at a nuclear power plant, Europe's largest in Ukraine, due to shelling. We have John Erith, Policy Director for the Centre for Arms Control and Non-Proliferation in Washington, D.C. on this breaking news just after 4pm on the panel. Stay tuned. Also on the show, can you be fired for attending a protest? What happens if an employer spots you in a protest on a live feed? Employment lawyer Susan Hornsby-Gallick with us to discuss that one. And we spoke about the gender pay gap on the program yesterday. Now, Alan Joe Nelson says that the current construct of work is just not working, that there's a mismatch between the school schedule and the work schedule. And Alan has started the movement, hashtag work school hours movement. I'm sure many can uh, um, uh, appreciate uh, that issue. And, excuse me, please, we had such wonderful responses regarding that one special thing in your home yesterday. You know, a bit of a show and tell. We thought we'd have more for you today. Get a load of this. Roger says... I have a biscuit from Robert Falcon Scott's 1912 expedition. It was perfect until my two-year-old son took a bite out of it. Roger was base mechanic at Scott Base in 1969. So keep those coming. We'll have more of those at 25 past four. And, of course, Friday, what does that mean? Well, it means, of course, on the panel, Power Ballad Friday. And, goodness gracious me, you're in for a treat this afternoon at 4.30. With me this afternoon, Nalini Baruch, who's the founder and director of Lot 8 Olive Oils, also former recipient of Pacific Woman in Business. Nalini Abula, kia ora, welcome to the programme. Bula, Bula Wallace. Nice to have you on. Nice to have you back on. Also Thank with you. us, and uh, you never know what you're going to get when the one and only comedian and supreme quizmaster Alan McRoy is on. Alan, hello to you. How are you? You good? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Jumping in to the Friday mailbag. Let's dive straight in. First of all, junk mail. We had Rachel Owens on the program this weekend. Uh, it has been a four-year campaign to try and get real estate agents to stop putting junk mail in her letterbox. Wallace, says someone, just heard the complaints regarding junk mail. When we opened our retail store, we pamphleted the region around us, respecting any letterbox with no junk mail signs. What got me was the number of people who turned up and complained quote-unquote, that they didn't know about us and just lit up the road. And I always asked, well, do you have no junk mail on your box? Because we've put out flyers to everyone. The number of shame-faced people was incredible. They want to know everything happening around them, but don't stick it in the mailbox. Sue says, one of the worst things about junk mail is the additional copies that are excess copies the kids delivering don't need. They issue each copies of each publication in lots of 50 or 100. So if the run is, say, 120 houses, there can be huge excess copies to dispose of. And another one here. Uh, Kia ora, Wallace. Junk mail delivered in Wellington is banned according to the Solid Waste Management and Minimisation Bylaw uh, and can incur a $400 fine. So Rachel was just incensed uh, about this um, junk mail in letterbox. But Alan, uh, when you, you know, you're in, you're, you're in your dressing gown, you go up, you, you go out at, uh, you're just waking up, it's 10 a.m. in the morning, you open the letterbox, um, you get annoyed? I do. Uh, I, I find it really annoying because we do have a no junk mail sign on on the letterbox and it just has the opposite effect to me i just won't use that company you know I, I don't know if there's a term for that yeah if you know if, if it's full of Domino's uh leaflets <laughs> i'll go to pizza hut 
Simple. That's how I work. You angry little man. I know, I know, I know. But, you know, there is a sign saying, please don't put your junk in my letterbox. And they put the junk in my letterbox, so I'll go somewhere else. Wow, Nalini? Yeah, yeah I, I, I can understand that. We don't have a no circular policy. Uh, it's not printed on the letterbox, let's just say. And when it does come in, we do sometimes say the same thing. If I, I, I think it's about being dictated to. We see junk, mm-hmm. and I don't really like the use of that word junk. Uh, we don't like those marketing collaterals sometimes because we feel as if we've been dictated to. We'd rather find out ourselves, except when we are not informed, we say to ourselves, how come we got left out? So it's the problem is us, isn't it? Do you go off the deep end like Ellen does uh, and refuse to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and refuse to, um, uh, you know, uh, hire that company? Uh, no, I wouldn't go that far. No, <laughs> no, no one would. Just me. Oh, yeah. uh, now, um, also, we discussed you too uh, on the program. I got a, quite a bit of response for actually agreeing with me for once. They're saying, Wallace, uh, I agree with your hatred of you too. Uh, I made a mention that I did not like them. Uh, you too, says someone. This is, this is a great, uh, email. I had an awkward car ride with a colleague once. We were carpooling. I hopped in her car. We took off. A few minutes later, she asked, Hey, do you like you too? I answered, honestly, I couldn't stand them. Awkward silence. A minute later, she asked if she could pop on her U2 CD. An hour later, we arrived at work. No more carpooling after that. Uh, but Eileen says, uh, Eileen says, <laughs> I listen to the lyrics of U2. They, they are what the world needs in times of these trials. They are worth listening to lots. So I thought, okay, Friday, Alan McRoy's here. He'd be the ideal person to ask. Um, What's it like in Ireland? Are people? Is it just a nation full of people wearing U2 T-shirts? No, not at all. Uh, they're really big in South America. But that's as far as it goes. It's They've got some good songs, but Bono, not everyone likes Bono. Uh, he's known for tax dodging as well, so that doesn't help. And I've seen them live, and we left early uh, years ago in Ireland because he just preached the whole time instead of singing the songs. So that was enough for us to go, ah, we'll just go to the pub and listen to his songs on the on the jukebox. And that's what we did in the end. Not everyone's a big fan of Bono, but okay. there's some good songs, yeah. yeah. Who, so who was the best Irish rock band? Would that be the Cranberries? No, nah, a lot of people like them. They're really big here. I, I was baffled by the amount of hair the Cranberries when I moved over here. Thin Lizzy is a, is oh. a very popular one. Uh, and that's probably uh, one of the best I think a lot of people would, would vote for. Uh, we also talked about the price of coffee. Uh, one roaster said, look, it's too cheap and it needs to go up right now. Uh, we talked about um, that yesterday on the panel. Joe says, Joe the Roaster, I'm a coffee importer and I can confirm the international price has gone up 45%. But even harder is the freight price has gone up and eye-watering 200%. Buying quality is the key. A lot of players right now are being forced to buy low quality due to the high price. Karen says, my business partner and I started Olive in Cuba Street in 1997. Coffee was $3 then. Can I just say right now, um, I am a huge fan of Olive. 
And every Wednesday when I used to go to Wellington all the time, it was my, I've got people on my uh, headphones going, can't go wrong, love Olive Cafe. Um, it was my little wee, um, little wee ritual to have a coffee uh, at uh, Olive on a Thursday morning. And I understand it's still going. I hope it's still going. Um, someone says you need a, you, you need $8 to $10 NZ dollars for a coffee in UAE. I agree the price will need to increase for a good coffee. Nalini, what do you think? Well, I'm about to tell my husband, actually, he's going to have to reduce his coffee intake. Uh, yeah. $10 is a lot of money. Of course um, it is. Goodness. But I, I, can, I can tell you uh, from experience that, uh, shipping costs have gone up minimum of a hundred percent, if not two hundred. So we are oh. going to see those. We are going to see those costs come through. Unfortunately, it's going to affect our pockets. And and that's the thing to remember. Anytime there's an increase in price anywhere, ultimately the consumer pays. So you, as a person in the foods industry, you can relate to this clearly because of those added costs, including shipping. Absolutely. I mean, I have a pallet of bottle I ordered in the middle of last year, was supposed to arrive here in October oh. at the latest November. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting to receive it. And in the team, meantime, the shipping costs gone up 100% as well. Has it? Can they yes. do that? Can they do that while you're waiting for it? What, what choice have I got? I have no choice. That is my only supply. Wow. So and I have a contract and I have a contract with them. The the thing the thing is going to come down is how much of it I can absorb or my business can absorb and how much I need to pass on. And I think a lot of these coffee buyers and and, and anybody looking to that has to import will be looking at how much they can absorb and how much they, they have to pass on. Okay. And it, it, we we're always reluctant to pass on um Wallace. It's not something we like to mm. That's not a decision we take lightly. All right. Kia ora, Nalini. Thanks for giving a bit of light on that. Uh, and the special item at your home, uh, we're going back to that uh, in the middle of the program, but there were some wonderful, wonderful responses. Uh, I have my Uncle Charlie's coal miner's helmet and carbide naked flame light from my 1956 year in Reefton, says Dave in Whangarei. Meanwhile, you're all texting me about what you think is the greatest Irish rock band in the world. Let Alan McElroy would be the judge of that. Um, but someone says here, the best Irish rock band, My Bloody Valentine. And another person says, um, never heard of them. <laughs> um, oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Flogging Molly. <laughs> oh, they're, they're American. I think they're Irish American. Ah, the ones right. that sing uh, "Shipping Up the Bottles." I think it's them. Yeah, okay. They're oh. not Irish. They don't count. <laughs> Time for I've been thinking, Delaney. Kick it off. Um, I've been thinking about the word ethnicity and whether we need to do away with it, and particularly in our media reporting and in our formal documents like our census and passports and things like that. It's it's got so muddled with um, with the other word race. Um, that I feel is if when somebody is asking somebody what their ethnicity is, it feels like actually it's a form of judging someone. And I'm thinking that particularly in reporting, maybe we should just shift to um, the word nationality. And so you're either a New Zealand national or you're a non-New Zealand national. I think that will go a long way in keeping harmony among people. Do you find it's it... 
It's really good, and it's actually been something we've talked about on the panel before, and we might even come back to that issue because okay. it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a issue that's um, bubbling away, isn't it? Uh, but thank you for that. Okay. All right, Alan McElroy, I've been thinking. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm literally just back from. Uh, I'm doing a, a comedy tour at the moment, and with the with the way things are, a lot of venues can't open because of staff being sick or close contacts. We were getting a lot of uh, jobs cancelled. So I've I had a gig in Fitiyanga last night and Wellington and Mapua next week. And we were worried that they wouldn't go ahead. But I think a lot of people are waiting till the last minute before they actually book a ticket. And last night in Fitiyanga, it, it blew our minds how many people came out and how, like, when, when there's a lot of fear in the country at the minute, how they were nearly, they, you know, they were hugging you, they were trying to kiss you. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. It was like this this pandemic wasn't happening and it was lovely. I probably caught it from them. Uh, I might be sick next week, but uh, that's what I've been thinking is that when there's a, a lot of fear at the moment, it was great to experience that welcome in Fitianga last night. You're saying that in these times, in these times particularly, people do need humour in their lives? Massively. And they've said that we've had people queue up after the show to say that how it helped out a lot. A lot of people are struggling mentally. Uh, Humour is helping. but uh, And it was just everybody out and about as if everything was normal. And it was just really nice to see. I love it. I love that sentiment. We need humour. Maybe you could give us a clean joke toward the end of the show? Uh, we'll see. Have a think about it. Have I'll a do think. my best. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the frames of the pinnacle of Irish music, says someone, and stiff little fingers are close second, says Peter from Belfast. Ella McElroy, Nalini Brook with me. Stay listening. You're on the panel, RNZ National.